0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Pelicans Outsiders. I know it's been a little bit since we last had a podcast, but um, the Pelicans have been up and down, honestly, lately. You really don't know what you're going to get. Like, for instance, since we last had a podcast on February 5th, they have gone 8 and 11, and before that. Like the title of the previous podcast says, they were three and one before that stretch. Um, Zion's been pretty consistent all throughout. They've been playing, they've been running the offense through him a little bit more, play, playing him up top, uh, picking rolls. He was doing that I really good with JJ Reddick, but JJ Reddick is out of the starting lineup. Well, he's out of the lineup right now because of an injury. He's actually back home visiting some family and recovering, waiting to get back, unless he gets traded, of course, which the the trade deadline is coming up. So, in his absence, we've seen more of Kyra Lewis. Kyra has been really good in some games, and just okay in other games. Uh, obviously, he's going to have some struggles because he's a rookie. But all in all, he seems like he's pretty pretty good, pretty solid. He's going to be a good role player. For now, at least. I mean, he obviously has an upside. He's super young. He's super quick, which helps you get away with a lot in the NBA. Uh, that quickness is going to let him make up for... Uh, late rotations, um, just little things like that. Being able to steal a ball like we saw, believe believe, in the Clippers game. He had a pretty nice steal. Went up for a dunk. And all in all, he's just been playing good as of late. These last couple of games against the Clippers and the Cavaliers, he's had some pretty good games but the person that stood out the most uh, recently is Lonzo Ball he's just been super confident playing good defense taking those shots being aggressive and just uh, being a floor general on not just the offensive side but defensive side as well he's been sticking it to the um, point guards of the other teams uh, like the two games against Memphis we saw he's actually pretty much shut down John Morant he, the only time he really scored was when there was another defender on him but Lonzo's been playing really solid uh, Clippers game he was honestly the reason why they started off on the right foot uh, first quarter I believe it was four for four on threes and just being super aggressive, um, playing good defense. He was going up against Paul George. At times, obviously, he switched off with Eric Bledsoe, but uh, they had no Patrick Beverly for the Clippers, and eight minutes into the game, Serge Ibaka was out with an injury, so that pretty much opened it up for the Pelicans, which... I mean, at times, even though other teams don't have players, the Pelicans just decide not to show up, like we saw against the Timberwolves. They didn't have a couple other starters, and Pelicans just didn't play hard, or I like, didn't want to be there, honestly. But since then, since um, the coach Van Gundy came out and pretty much called out the team and himself, saying that they're... Defense just hasn't been good enough. Their effort hasn't been good enough. And he came out and said it starts with him. But honestly, the coach could only drop a game plan. And the players are the ones that got to go out and execute. Like, you could have the best game plan in the world, but if the players don't go out there and try to do that or just don't feel like playing that day, there's really nothing that the coach could do. I mean, he could obviously... Call timeouts, talk to them, try to motivate them, uh, do some rotations, put in other players. Try to get um, some type of motivation or some type of uh, movement going. But the coach isn't in the game, so at the end of the day, it's really up to the players of how the game's going to go, how the defense is going to be. And we all know they have some pieces that are really good at defense and some that aren't really good at defense. Some that have been good at defense in the past, but just haven't really shown that this year, which is Brandon Ingram. And is the person I'm talking about on that last statement, even though this last game he did do a pretty decent job uh, guarding Kawhi which was fun to watch. Uh, Most of the second and third quarter, we saw Kawhi and Ingram battling. Uh, They both guarded each other on on both sides. Um, And it was super fun. Ingram didn't back down. He obviously didn't take too many shots until midway through the third quarter, I would say. Maybe quarter way of the third quarter. Because Kawhi was guarding him most of the time, so he was kind of... Looking for his teammates, passing, uh, just making other plays, being effective, but I feel like that kind of um, backfired for the Clippers because once Kawhi came off of Brandon Ingram, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Ingram felt like there's nobody guarding him because other players aren't as good. Obviously, Paul George is a good defender, but we all know Kawhi Leonard is like an elite defender, all NBA defender. And once Ingram had Kawhi off of him, he probably felt like, okay, this is going to be easy. Let me just pull up, take the shot, and hit it over your head because obviously his length, his wingspan, he's able to take those shots. And you could tell he was feeling it because there was multiple times where he just dribbled it up, pulled up for three, and just splashed it. And it wasn't just one time. Um... I know he was getting kicked out from his teammates, kickouts from his teammates, and some of the times he was just dribbling up and hitting them. And being aggressive, attacking the hoop, uh, dishing, making some nice passes. Speaking of a nice pass, that pass to Jackson Hayes on Reggie Jackson was just ridiculous, ridiculous jam. On uh, Reggie Jackson... Reggie Jackson got thrown to the ground. Jackson Hayes came out, taunted him, tapped his head. I'm pretty sure he just said, uh, watch your head or something like that. The refs obviously gave him a technical, but honestly, it was completely worth it. That was just a crazy dunk. And uh, speaking of Jackson Hayes, he's honestly been one of the bigger pieces lately where He's been making a big difference for the Pelicans. And at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't really say that, but he's been pretty effective lately coming off the bench, being the first big off the bench behind Steven Adams. Adams, obviously, has always been super solid throughout the season. He just had that little period where he wasn't playing. I believe it was back issues, if I remember correctly. But besides that... um, Hernan Gomez hasn't got a lot of minutes the last couple games. We've been seeing Jackson Hayes. I think it's because he came in um, against the Timberwolves game and he came in and showed some actual fight like energy and that was probably just something that Stan McGuindy was looking for. And Jackson's been coming in um, against the Clippers and against uh, Cleveland but there have been some pretty good uh, matchups for him because they're the bigs for Cleveland and the bigs for Clippers aren't really that big unless you uh, you're pointing out Zubac, but even then he's not the fastest player in the NBA, so he's gonna um, also struggle trying to guard Jackson Hayes, and the thing about Jackson Hayes is he's pretty athletic. So even if he switched on pick and rolls, which is something that the Pelicans have been struggling with, he's able to kind of shuffle his feet, semi-stay in front of the offensive player. And lately he hasn't been biting on those shot fakes. He's been able to stick with his man. He's uh, starting to learn that he doesn't have to jump with them in order to get the block or contest it like we saw against uh, Paul George. Paul George threw his shoulder into him, tried to knock Jackson back. He, He did go back a little bit, but he didn't swipe down on his arm. He waited for Paul George to come out for the shot. And then Jackson extended, swatted him, and that was another great example of what we've been getting from Jackson lately. And obviously, if he's playing like that, He's going to be getting minutes, and not a lot of people thought he would be getting minutes if you were talking about Jackson Hayes before the All-Star break, but I'm glad to see it because he's pretty young. He's only been playing basketball for four to five years, I believe. And he's got the gifts. He's got the body, athleticism. It's really just about putting the game together together In between his ears and understanding rotations, uh, where to be, how to set screens, when to take a shot, um, what tendencies of other teams are. Like if there's a guard on him, they're obviously gonna try to pump fake him because he's younger and he's been known to jump. So they're gonna try to pump fake him and then jump into him, draw the foul. But like I said earlier, He hasn't been biting on those, and that's made a huge difference in his game. That, and another thing I've noticed from him is that um, on the defensive side, he's been talking a lot. He's been trying to communicate a lot, and it's been helping the other players kind of cover for him or kind of know what he's thinking and all in all just Jackson Hayes has just been a really solid player. I would say the top players for the pelicans lately have been jackson uh Zion obviously he's been consistent getting those shots on the offensive side I think he's believe i believe he's shooting over sixty percent still which is just ridiculous for somebody that's like six six Going up against power forward centers, and he's still able to just cut around them. Just everybody knows what Zion is, and his ceiling is just ceiling is what he wants it to be, honestly. He could just if he still hasn't even hit three pointers as much, like he's he's hit a couple here and there in every other game, but he doesn't take them he doesn't take like 12 threes a game or seven threes a game or something like that. Which honestly, when it comes to Zion, um, I don't know if you want him to be taking that because he's so good in the paint. I mean, he's shooting over 60%. His cuts, his quickness, he's just too quick for power forwards and centers. He'll uh, give you that little jab step and if you bite on it, he jerks to the other side. It was right around you. You can't, try to stop him because if you reach down, you're going to foul him. You can't reach across his body. Like he was talking about this in um, the Old Man and the Three podcast with JJ Reddick, and I believe Tommy Alter, I believe, is the co-host. But He was talking about how something he learned since middle school, high school, is that he just seems to get super low because players that are Power forward centers, they uh, tend to be taller, longer, and it's harder for them to get to dip down and contest that. So, if he just dips down super low, he's able to keep the ball away from his defender. And obviously, the defender can't stop that. Once he's coming back up, the defender's already in a bad spot. So, if they're trying to block a shot, Unless you're like Rudy Gobert or somebody with a crazy wingspan, it's going to be pretty much impossible to block it. You just got to kind of hope that he misses a shot. But even then, if he misses a shot, his second jump is just so quick that he's just going to get right back up and contest for the rebound or uh, put in the putback. So something that... um, I've seen lately is that the team's been a little bit more spread out. The little second unit that they're running for Zion, uh, they've been having more shooters with him. So the other teams are kind of spread out. They can't really double team Zion, which is something that we saw mainly, I would say, with San Antonio. They would immediately double team Zion, um, not let him go. They'd uh, go to his who's been moved, they'd already beat, they'd already have their second player there so he could run, he'd could just run into a wall, but we haven't seen that lately because some of the King shooters have been starting to hit their shots um, some of the lineups have been a little bit better uh, the floor spacing's been better Zion's starting to handle the ball up top so that's been giving him more driving lanes because the floor spread out. And then if the other team does crash on him, if the other team does send two people at him, he's able to kick it out and uh, shoot to a wide-open shooter, pass it to a wide-open shooter. Obviously, this was even better when J.J. Redick was out there because that pick-and-roll was just deadly. Like I believe they ran that pick-and-roll against uh, Memphis and that blowout. last game they played against Memphis it was just pretty much Zion and JJ Redick pick and roll the whole game the whole third uh, fourth quarter they were just running that play over and over and Memphis didn't have anything to stop it Uh, you guys should go and listen to that podcast actually Uh, the old man the three the Zion Williamson episode they talk about that JJ and Zion they talk for like Six eight minutes about, uh, the way they're able to read off each other and what they do, and how easy it is for them to uh, run that play because. It's hard for the other teams because obviously JJ is known for, hitting those wide open threes and he could also hit the jumper. So it's hard for them to pick like, okay, it's Zion Williamson, so you're always gonna try to stop that, but at the same time, do you want to give up the three? Because JJ is going to hit probably 40% of them. And obviously analytics are all about stopping the three. So they they have a really hard decision to make. And if they do send like a third person, that just leaves the floor space for the other three players on the Pelicans. And when they have like a driver like Nikhil or Bledsoe, somebody like that out there with them they're able to just make a cut and dish it off to them and they get either a wide open layup or they drive the paint break down the rest of the defense and then they have another shooter that's wide open in the corner that that play in general is super deadly um so yeah zion like we know has been a really good solid player uh He played it in the All-Star game. Ended up starting because Joel Embiid uh, couldn't play due to health and safety protocols. Uh, Contact tracing, he wasn't able to play because his barber, I believe. I believe it was his barber, same one that Ben Simmons goes to as well. They were not able to play in the All-Star game, so it was too late for... um, the NBA to choose two more All-Stars, two more replacements because it came out like a day before, if not the same day that they were going to play. So they couldn't find anybody out there or anything like that. And then uh, it came out a couple games, a couple hours before the game that Zion was going to start, which for him is pretty cool. His first All-Star game and he's out there starting. You could tell he was um, super excited. He went up in the lineup they called his name. Uh they were lining up, you know how they all uh shake hands or high five each other or whatever before the game. He went out there and you can see him trying to be serious, but then uh LeBron goes up to him and uh daps him up and pretty much as soon as LeBron turns around you can see him just smirking. It's pretty cool. Little moments like that remind you that he's still super young, still has a lot of room to grow. And that should be scary for the rest of the NBA. And we already talked about Alonzo, we talked about his defense, uh, his shooting. Like I said, during that Clippers game, it was really him that got the team going, uh, starting off four for four from three. Making, I, th- I believe, a jumper as well and just playing super solid defense. And then Brandon Ingram, we all know what he brings to the table. He's pretty much putting up the same numbers as last year. Obviously, he's putting, he's doing it a little bit different because last year he had a little bit more spacing. He was uh, driving to, to the basket a little bit more last year. And that was because he had more uh, spacing down low. But when you have Zion on the same team, you're going to try to keep the um, the basket open for him, that driving lane open for him. So what he's been doing this year is taking more mid-range shots, which typically, obviously with analytics, people hate that shot. But uh, there's certain players that you don't mind taking it. I'd say like a handful of players like Kawhi, uh, Chris Middleton. Um, other players like that. I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but Kevin Durant, obviously, you don't mind him taking the Marin drink shot. Carmelo is has been doing that for Portland this year, which is another way they've been spacing the floor and been able to uh, make up for losing CJ and Nurkic. So... Like, yeah, I get that a lot of people hate that shot, but when it comes to the playoffs, that's the shot that's going to be open for the Pelicans. And if they do want to make the playoffs this year, or obviously in the future, that shot right there is going to be wide open for him all game. And if he's able to get that down now, which seems like he has been because he's been super efficient this year, besides obviously, um, I believe it was actually the Timberwolves game where he wasn't that efficient and that was the first game in a while that I could think of that he wasn't like efficient scoring there was a couple games where he he didn't like go off but even though he didn't go off for like 30 points 25 points or whatever he was still shooting a really good percentage and able to make his shots but besides that he's been getting rebounds um passing a little bit more, playmaking, picking his spots, letting Zion do what he does down low, uh, dishing the ball him. He's been deferring to him at times. When he sees that Zion has it going, he'll um, kick the ball out to him, or uh, he'll tell Lonzo to dribble the ball up, or he'll tell, like, Nikhil, or even Kyra. Kyra, it seems like, has earned the trust from pretty much everybody, honestly, he's been handling the ball a lot, and at times he looks a little sluggish, but Kyra's been doing a good job in general. But yeah, Brandon Ingram, he's the best free throw shooter on the team, uh, one of the best three-point shooters, One, of, he's obviously, if not one, then two on offensive scoring, it depends like how you want to measure that. He's obviously um, able to score from all three levels, from the paint, mid-range, and three-point, and then also from free throws. So that's just a player that you want to have, and he's just been super solid for the Pelicans this year, even though uh, Zion's been getting most of glory. like Zion got the all-star nod. Um, I'm sure that the whole team knows that. Ingram is still an all-star level type player. I'm sure the whole league knows that, which is honestly what really matters. And speaking of that, when um, when that news did come out that Ingram wasn't going to be on the all-star team, they asked him about it, and he had said that um, the way he looks at it, it just means that he's not being as efficient as the year before. And it's just he needs to find what that is and work on that so that in the future he's not being snubbed, which is like, just exactly what you want to hear from a younger player like that. But on top of that, the West, everybody knows the West is super deep. Uh, There's really good players in the West. And that position, small forward, is the deepest position in the West. I mean, you have Kawhi, Paul George, wherever you want to put him, uh, LeBron, and other small forwards on in the West, but that's just three off the top of my head. And uh, so we talked about Jackson, Zion, Lonzo, Ingram, Bledsoe has been... A good player. I mean, he hasn't been making the mistakes he did at the beginning of the year. He um, hasn't been trying to force things lately. And, I mean, all in all, I would say that um, he's been a good uh, starter. He hasn't tried to do too much. And even though it came out that they're trying to trade him, he hasn't really, like... um, came out and said anything or acted a certain way. he's just been out there trying to do his job, and at times uh that bully ball that he does works, and at times it doesn't the good thing that he's been doing is um when he know when he sees that he doesn't have it going he'll um defer to other people. he'll pass the ball off to other people he won't try to force it anymore. And um, Stephen Adams just been super solid, like always. He There's times where he, he'll fill up the stat sheet, get a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of points, and just like 15, 20 minutes. But besides that, um, he obviously makes those little plays, like setting screens, um, boxing out on defensive rebounds so his teammates can get the ball, just being a presence in the paint and just being a big player which is what they needed he's been pretty much like Derek Favors was last year but I would say even better than that and more consistent obviously because Favors was out with that family issue last year can't really blame him for that but Adam's just been there been solid like he has been his whole career and Besides that, I can't really think of anybody else that's really stood out. Cairo's been playing good the last couple of games, like I said. Nikhil's been playing good. He hasn't been doing bad turnovers or anything, but at the same time, he hasn't gone out there and scored like a ton of points. So he's just been like a like a good, okay player, like just somebody to fill some minutes. Josh Hart, I almost forgot about Josh Hart. Josh Hart's been playing really good lately just obviously when he comes in he brings in that um, competitiveness I think the way he puts it is like a junkyard bully, It's the way he always puts it, how he wants the team to play how he plays he's been uh, in there fighting for rebounds going up against uh, bigger players for the rebounds fighting bigger players for possessions just being disruptive Uh, chasing down loose balls. Pretty much all the stuff that Josh Hart is known for and why there's a lot of teams that would trade for him or would want him on the team is what Josh Hart has been doing. He's been um, hitting some of his threes, hitting most of his free throws. This last game, I I remember there was a time where he uh, went to the free throw line and missed both free throws, but that's not really... You'd hardly see that from him. He'll at least hit one of two, if not both. He, You could tell, like, on, look on the look on his face that he was um, mad at himself about that. But I believe at the time they were up, like, 25 points, even though you still want him to hit those just in case, like, the other team makes a run. But he's been a really good player. Uh, his contract year is this off season, same as Lonzo. And that's another topic for the next podcast. We'll probably break down the games that happen and contract situations. Uh if there's a trade that happens, we'll break that down. If there's certain topics like I always tell you guys that you want me to talk about just send me a email at PelicansOutsiders at yahoo dot com. Twitter is Pelican Outsider. Uh Instagram is Pelicans Outsiders. And like I said, you could download Anchor. Look for Pelicans Outsiders. Send a voicemail with your question. I'll play that voicemail. Answer the question. And you could be on the podcast. Even you know what? Even if you download Anchor, if you guys want to add me, send me a voice message saying that you want to be on the show. I'll uh see what I can do. We'll go from there. I'll talk about some topics we could hit. And like I said, I just want this to be more interactive. So thank you guys for listening and uh, talk to you guys soon.